Sister Ramya, for leading us. Um, because he lives, we can face tomorrow. What an assurance that we have that Jesus is ours. And that's the beauty of the Bible. The, all the Bible put together, the 66 books. It talks about the heartbeat of God. I will be their God and they will be my people. And so, and that's the promise that we have. And as we um, traverse, as we go, and as sojourners in this world, we have that as our hope. This morning, um, my volume is low, okay. Um, we will look into, uh, I've titled it as a little uh, different topic for us and in continuation with uh, um, the words that have been coming in the first month of 2022. And we had a wonderful sermon last uh, uh, Sunday in overcoming our fear and praying and from the life of uh, Hezekiah. And uh, today I would like to continue on a similar line, uh, but I would like to go back and choose one more character from the Old Testament. And I've titled it as Overcoming the Crisis of Kadesh. Uh, I just wanted the car and the car there. So I just put that crisis of Kadesh or the attitude of the spirit or mindset. That's the meaning of the word spirit. Although it can have a connotation to the spiritual, but here the word spirit is mindset at Kadesh. And now, if at all you remember something about Kadesh, uh, it, it, it comes during the wilderness. And so we will go into a lot of maps and a lot of text today. Let me begin with uh, the new thing that happens here. Exodus chapter 3 verse 8. Uh, behold, I'm doing a new thing is the promise for our church. And I've taken it very seriously. You know, me and my wife, we've been praying uh, on a regular basis for the new thing, you know, uh, and we are trusting in God uh, for our own personal life, and for our ministry and for the church. And even globally speaking, Lord, do a new thing. We are fed up of what we've seen in the last two years. Out of after 400 years, for the very first time, after 400 years, the people of Israel are about to hear a new thing. Just imagine. And God has left his abode, his throne, he's come down and somewhere in the regions of, of, of Horeb, Midian, and he's looking at a man who's almost thinking of singing nearer my God to thee and wanting to lay himself to rest. And God is about to bring a new thing. You see, when God, the timing of God is, is so unlike the way we time. And God uses the things that are not, things that are despised. And God would use things that are just wasting away. And he would come at the right time. And probably God, or God would use a virgin. Or God would use a teenager. God would use a boy like Jeremiah. Go to him at when he was age five or six and say, I want to appoint you as, as, as a prophet to the nation. Or look at an eight-year-old boy in Jerusalem, in, in, in the tent of meeting, close to the ark of God and say, I'm revealing to you my secrets. For the next 20 years, this is going to happen. This is, this is the topography of the nation of Israel. The ways of God are strange. That's why we can sing with hope, I can face tomorrow. And so after 400 years, for the very first time, God has planned new thing. And he comes and says to Moses, so I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land. So that's my plan. That's a new thing I want to do. You've been living as in, in bondage for 400 years. This is my land. And, and he gives a small description of the land, land flowing with milk and honey. 
abundance of shepherding, abundance of farming, abundance of agriculture, pr produce products, provision, profit, all the peace that you can think of. And it's going to be the hope. This is where it is. He gives two things. One is the land flowing with milk and honey. I wish the Lord would stop there, but he defines the other dimension of the land. The home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. I did not get, I mean, I've not yet done a heavy duty study on all these seven nations, but a little bit of the Canaanites and the Amorites, I want to bring it today. And one of the features of that. So when God is doing a new thing, he's promising a super land, good and spacious. Second, he gives a, a what do you say, a beautiful imagery of land flowing with milk and honey, but there's a hyphen there. Uh, hold on, this land also has got these kind of citizens and civilians and, and, and populace living there. And so that is the land. And now when you look at this land, this is very nice to see. When you look at this map, it's got a lot of things to teach us. And uh, there's a whole load of information for us in the Old Testament to think about. Now, I want us to observe the color. This side is the, the desert region, all that you have, Moab and, and Edom. And this right, this, this side, that is uh, to our left-hand side. When you come to the right, uh, so right-hand side, come to the left-hand side is where the greenery is. And slowly you have the sea, Mediterranean Sea, and then you have this Philistia. This, is, this region is supposed to be the most fertile region, but occupied by the Philistines, the Canaanites again. And so this is the people of, so, so God planned a land, a new thing. I'm going to give you a new land. I'm going to make it very spacious and good. I'm going to watch over it. There's going to be a fantastic agricultural produce and you're going to be prosperous and you're going to live lives to your heart's content. But, 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 but you've got to know how to clear the Canaanites. That could be another title of the sermon. Clear the Canaanites or else you will not enjoy the new thing. Now let's go down. This is again the green region that God thought about. They were in Egypt, but they never dreamt that they're going to get their own land. We are praying for a land as a church. Some of you, you're praying for your own land. Some of you are praying that, you know, they always say after you're 40 and close to 50, you're, uh, you're looking for significance. You're not looking for toys. You're not looking for a new mobile. You're looking to make a significant contribution, uh, you know, um, for your life, for your children, for your generation. You're looking for a land. You know, uh, the other day we went and prayed for a, for, for who's that? Uh, so and Solom, they moved into a, a new place. Uh, Lord, thank you for the home. And some of you are going you're for dedications, you know, a new home, new land. So this is something new that's happening for them. Come, land flowing with milk and honey. Let me go down. This is where we need wisdom. This is where we need to open our eyes whenever God is doing a new thing. Whenever God is doing a new thing, there is always a prophecy. And we always like prophecy. God will do this to our children. God will do this. And we as a Pentecostal church, we believe in the gifts of prophecy. For the Lord has anointed or appointed some to be prophets and teachers and evangelists, pastors. We have that Ephesians chapter 4. Whenever a prophecy comes, there's always joy. And we always want to see the fulfillment of the prophecy that is the promise. Now, between the prophecy and the promise is where the process is. And this is where... We need to open our eyes. On January 1st, we, we heard a word. Behold, I'm going to do a new thing. Some of you have the word of God for many years. Do not abort what the Lord has planted in you. It will take a process. Just because the mother and the father or, or a, a couple have found that 
the mother is pregnant, the wife is pregnant, doesn't mean that you're going to have the promise immediately. You can jump, you can send messages, you can, you can click photos and put it on Facebook, but unless the process of nine months, you go through the process, you will not have the promise. The Lord has promised our church. The Lord has promised. This church was started out of a promise. Everything that in your life, nothing compares to the promise I have in you, but the promise goes through the process. The angel of the Lord would come to Mary and say, Mary, I need your womb. Mary would can, can, can easily say, go to the neighbor's house. I'm just a teenage girl writing my 10th standard exam. I'm struggling to pass Hindi and mathematics. And you're coming to give me, you know, biology lessons and gynecology lessons and how to take care of the baby, mothering me, 15, processed. Jesus did ministry for three and a half years. He had to go through the process and the process for 30 years. If God is doing something in your life and there's no visible manifestations, hold on, you're in the process. The new thing is about to come. It's not for no reason that you're in the city of Bangalore. It's not for Google. It's not for Dell. Too long in Dell will make you dull. There is a higher calling for you. Understand the process. This could be a whole sermon, but God is working in our life. And I want to tell you a, a one clear dimension as we come to the end of the message. A clear dimension of what is the pro what's the process that's involved in a Christian's life. Hold on. Don't abort God's plan. There's always the blessing and the blessing is, is tied up with, with, with tapes of mystery. It's a tapestry of mystery. We don't understand, but hold on. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. The writer Bill Gaither and his wife Gloria Gaither wrote this song when they almost thought they were going to lose their son. They had given up and God came through and they said, because he lives, we also can face tomorrow with this child. You see, it comes out of experience, the process. May God give us the grace to understand this. And some of you, you're not seeing anything. I thought new thing, my mobile will be new. I'll get a new this, I'll get a new that. No, 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 no. Hold on to it. Process is most important in our Christian journey. Let's go down. They started with Egypt. This is where the Egypt is. You see that, that light green color. The Pai Hiriot, very important place. This is the place they crossed over and they came. Now, uh, they go down and they come to this place, Kadesh Barnia. This is where our message is. This morning, in a few minutes that we have, we're going to concentrate what happened to the people of God here. Very from here, to the promised land is 11 days. That's all. From here to the promised land is just 11 days. Now they had crossed over from, from Ethan or Pai Hariot. Um, and they've traveled 24 months to reach this place. 24 months. Whatever they had, they, they went through their trials. They went through their own, uh, you know, uh, issues in the wilderness. But when they came here to... Kadesh Barnia, they got to get a glimpse of the new thing. But something else happened at Kadesh. So just, just keep it in your mind. 24 months have passed by. Right at that place, Miriam dies and Miriam is buried. But from there, Moses gets an instruction from the Lord, an SMS from the Lord and say, choose the 12 and start exploring. Go to this whole land. I'm going to give you a little faith. The moment you see, you're going to get some faith you're going to explore the new land and this is where you're going to be settling in and this is all the future plans for you. God is super excited there. 
and the Lord is trying to do something new and he needs the cooperation of the 12. And so we pick up the scene from there and then we're going to dwell on this Kadesh Barnia. I'm not going to go to the promised land, but today's message is all about overcoming that attitude, that spirit that the people of God developed at Kadesh Barnia. Let's go down. Another map to say the 12 set out from this place. They literally explored the entire region. And they came to this valley of Eshkol. We're going to talk about that. Let me keep narrating over and over again so it'll stick in our mind. They got cluster of grapes and they were huge, huge that two people had to carry. My guess is if one person can carry 30 to 40 kilos or even 50 kilos cement bag, um, okay, you can push your effort in and able to carry that. Just imagine if you needed a cluster of grapes and two men to carry that and put a pole in between, somewhere between 80 kilos was the cluster of grapes. And so something amazing about that land. Let's uh, hold on to that when we come. Now, this is what happened. Let's go to the text straight away. Now, the Lord said to Moses, send out men to explore the land, spy out the land, explore the land of Canaan. Start planning, start planning. Two years have passed by. Start planning right now to explore the land. Choose men from every tribe and send them out. And one leader of every tribe. So Moses commanded and, and sent 12 leaders. They were in the wilderness at Kadesh Barnia. Kadesh Barnia is a place. There's a, a, a river, a brook there. And then this is otherwise pretty much as the wilderness. And so watch this. They scouted out the land. They spied the land from the wilderness of Zin. And as far as um, Rehob towards Lebo Hamath, that's a full region. They went through that Negev. And they came to this town of Hebron. Those making notes, just scribble this word somewhere at the end of the page. Hebron. They came to Hebron. Now Hebron was, 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 was a kind of city, was a kind of town, a region. Hebron. It had mountains, it had valley, valley of Eskol, I just talked about it. But Hebron was, the, was again a home for Ahiman, Sheshai, and Talmai. These names we normally skip in the, in the Bible reading. And some of us uh, may have read it, may not have read it, no comments on that. They were descendants of giant Anak. The Bible gives space. It's not just they're jumping about milk and honey. They bottled it up. They're starting an enterprising industry. They're having an online marketing. Uh, you know, uh, Amazon is happening. Then we're trying to do, oh, nothing of that region. They're exploring. And the Bible is very careful to mention that there were three giants. They were descendants of Anak, Anakites, are huge giants. And normally we have our own mental understanding of giants to be, you know, Andre the Giant, if you've been into WWF and Hulk Hogan or, or what's that? Our re Indian uh, Kali and, and all the names that you have in that sport. Huge, massive men uh, up into wrestling. That's, that's the picture that we have. We can have that. Uh, no problem. They live there. Hebron was built seven years before Zoan. So Hebron was was a mighty, a strong uh, a commercial uh, point in their spine. And the Bible takes time to mention that there, there were giants. So they saw some unusual human creatures, too big. And after this, they come down. Make a note of that. They come down. They go to the whole community and they reported to the whole community 
and they showed them the fruit they are taken from the land. This is what their report was. We entered the land. What the Lord told us, the new thing that you're talking about, we entered. What God showed you two years ago yeah, in, in the land of Egypt, we entered that. Indeed, we went and explored the land. It is bountiful country. Something unusual we have never seen for the past 10 generations. And truly, truly, this land is flowing with milk and honey. Literally abundance, blessing, grace, favor, goodness. It drinks the rain of heaven. Yes, Moses and all the people, it is true. No doubt. Whatever the prophecy the prophet Moses gave to us is yes and amen. What we heard in Egypt is yes and amen. It came through the sermons of the pastors and the leaders. Yes and amen. Here is the kind of fruit. We have a testimony. Just imagine Sunday morning, all the 11 or 12 coming up to the service and testimony time that just is singing the song. Nothing compares to your promise because you live, I live. What an assurance. We have God with us. This is the kind of fruit. Bah. Aha. There's one kind of attitude they started developing. But, but all that is okay. Huh? Message is okay. Text is okay. But we went 40 days. We explored the land. We've come back. We've got some testimonies. But, but, but what happened to that? We all are familiar with, with this uh, narrative. But let me go through. This is what they said. Four points. But. Message is good, pastor. But. <laughs> Singing a new song is good, but they are powerful. Huh? They are powerful. We can't attack. Forget it. Forget, forget this new thing right now. This is too much for us. We can't attack. They are powerful. To look and take selfie and do an MP4 video about it, it's very nice. No, 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 no. Better, better, better. That's too much. And they spread a bad report. I don't know whether they did a PPT, they did a live presentation, or they sent innumerable WhatsApp messages all across 2 million people, two and a half, so to speak, the whole population of Israelites in the wilderness, two and a half million people. They sent a bad report and they said this. What did they say? The land, the land, they begin to complain on the land. See, the Lord had the eye on the land. The Lord has been planning this for 600 years. He spoke to Abraham, his servant. He was the God of the covenant. He said, I will bring you to the land. I will bless you. The Lord's eyes are on that land flowing with milk and honey. He said, I'm going to give you strength to wipe out the Canaanites and the seven other great nations. Hold on. But they said, no, no, no. The land eats, eats up. I know you can't, you can't live there. Yeah. The people living there. Everything that is there, they, the moment we go, they eat, devour means destroy and eat up, lick up. That's the kind of land. This land is not the kind of land that we have. And slowly they begin to compare and contrast to Egypt and this new land. And they said, Egypt, we can manage. We rather be slaves there. We rather go and have our backs card with the whips of Egyptians. No problem. But this land is... But it is the same land that the Lord has been looking down upon, preparing, watering. It's just that they need to know how to war. It's just that they need to know how to fight out. They said, no, we can't do that. All the people we saw, all the people, mind you, all the people we saw, they were great size. Yes, they were great sizes. 
That's what the Bible says. I'm going to come to the size in a while. We are grasshoppers, vertically. <laughs> in our own eyes, huh? not their eyes, our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Probably they blew us away. We were gone. We, they looked at us. We looked at them. Now we are only grasshoppers. You think this land, God, what God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob cannot do anything with this. You see, this is very nice to listen and see and report and have some grapes and come and do. But I don't think we will get this new thing. Is he minded Kadesh? They came back at Kadesh, Barnia, and they said, all that is okay, but we can't. Shall we go to the next part and see what happened there? <laughs> the land we explored swallows those living in there. All the people we saw are great size. We saw Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked. Did you see? The words that are underlined talks about the eyes. Either you can see what God is doing in your life in the natural eyes and resign. If you want to see new thing of what God is trying to do in your life, we need to change our vision. It will not happen. India will be like this. My family will be like this. My marriage is like this. My children are going to be like this. You know, we cannot make it. We are poor. We have got that poor mentality. Our mindset, 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 mindset. We can't do it. And all that they did was they did not compare contrast with the lens of the Lord. It is the Lord who has been trying to tell this for two years now. They've been hearing this for two years. It has been drumming in their mind. It is the Lord's land. It's the Lord's promise. It's the Lord's new thing. But they went in one, one time, one trip they went and came and they programmed everything in, in, in their carnality and in their fleshy vision. They said, we can't. Yes, we cannot. But God had a higher purpose. Every time God takes you and I, every time God takes our church into an assignment, if we think we can do it with our own flesh, then it is sometimes... It is not God. Every time God takes a man and gives him a vision, God takes a woman and gives him a vision, it is not possible to fulfill that with human effort. Muzzle power and money power. If you think you can fulfill with that, that's not God's assignment. God says, no, it's my land. I will take you. I'm going to show you that I'm all powerful, that I was the one who gifted this to you. They begin to look into... And having their own lenses of carnality and flesh and human mindset. So, no, 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 no. We can't do this. A little bit about the giants there. Most of the time we say giant and go away. I just did a little, little, little up and down from the book of Genesis till the book of Numbers and Deuteronomy. Now, they bought a cluster. Let's say this is six feet in size. I think quite a lot of Bible scholars have done their research. Now, if two men had to carry this cluster, and the cluster would just be the size of the head, six inches, let's say, if, if, if it's my human head, and the cluster would be almost, almost this size. So based on the size of the cluster of grapes, if we guess that this is the cluster of a six-foot man, and the size of the cluster they bought from Valley of Eshkol, the size of the human being would be 36 feet. Depends on which 
which commentary you're reading, which research you're reading, the height of the giants varies from 12 feet to 36 feet. Really, they are giants. <laughs> Goliath was nine feet. But, but just compare and contrast. Somewhere between 12 feet and 36 feet. You know how much is 36 feet? It is three-storied building. Really, they look like grasshoppers. I mean, I would have been an ant there. That's what they saw. Let's not take the extreme. At least let's take 24 or even 18 for that matter. 18 is too much. Three times the size of any human being. Those are the giants. This is from different Bible translations that we have and manuscripts that we have and extra biblical information that we have. This is the size of a um, you know, normal man. The oak of Bashan mentioned in the Bible, gold at somewhere between 12 to 18, again, nine in some readings. And uh, the giant size are somewhere 24 to 36. And here, this is an ordinary Jewish person and in the history book of Josephus, and then you have Septuagint and Dead Sea Scrolls, somewhere Goliath was 6 feet 8 inches. And again, Bible says 9 inches. Goliath in this text is around 9 feet uh, uh, 7 inches. Uh, and then you have the king of Bashan, huge giant, again 11 feet. So giants were there. They literally saw the descendants of Nephilim and Anaks. They really saw. They really saw. And Bible goes on to mention the names of three giants. And they came and said, giants, ah. they had an I.O. committee, as I always say. They formed one I.O. team. They got all the instruments there and they sang the I.O. song. And they began to cry the I.O. song. And they all came together. And they said, Vandaba. That night, all the members community raised their voices, wept aloud, grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, they in fact tried to even stone they said, if only we died in Egypt, we don't want the new thing. You just promised us a new thing and then you came. And right now we're going to see this new thing. It's, 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 it's as if they're going to crush us. We will be the chutney for their idli tomorrow. If only we died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why did the Lord, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Never calculate the working of God in your life by human standards. We will always have negative mindset. Kadesh mindset. Ah. We will fall by the sword. That this government is coming. They are coming. That virus is coming. They are going to smash us up. Their people are too powerful. We are, we are, we are, we are. Our Christian mindset is this. We say, you know, Christians are percentage-wise, we are this number. We, we cannot do this. We are not eloquent uh, people. We don't have smart people graduating from the Yale and, the, and, and that university. We are, we are small. We are small. We are small. Mindset. Kadesh spirit. Kadesh mindset. Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better to backslide to Egypt? If, if today we had some of these same men they would look at Pastor Prem and say, Pastor Prem, please tell us, did God really tell you he's going to do a new thing? <laughs> did you really listen from God that, behold, I'm going to do a new thing? It springs up. There's a river in the desert. There's going to be, you know, uh, the, the, the wasteland will be turned to pasture land. Are you, are you serious about it? No, no, let us stay in 2021 mentality, 2020 mentality. And they said to each other, we should choose another leader. Forget about God. Forget about 
Forget about Moses. If he's a big bogus, let's choose another leader. Let's go back to Egypt. After traveling two years and after exploring the land, after getting a smell and a small capsule vision of what God is planning for them, they come up with this mindset, we cannot negativity. And they begin to backslide straight and say, no, we cannot. As long as we're going to depend on human strength, human mindset, human, human credential, our money, our talent, our wisdom, we can never fulfill God's will. We will always compare ourselves to the standards of Egypt. There was some dignity for us in Egypt. What, what dignity? I don't know. Slave mentality. Let's go ahead and become. Egypt is always the symbol of the world in the uh, symbol of the world in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament. Don't go back to Egypt. Don't depend on Egypt. Don't depend on its chariots and horses. It's the world, the world's strength and power. They wanted to go back there. In the midst of all the six lakh men, there was one man who was different. Amazing. One man was different. This morning's message is about either we have a Kadesh mentality or Caleb mentality. Either we have a Kadesh spirit or a Caleb spirit. Caleb too. I'm keeping Joshua to the side for our study, but I'm taking up Caleb. Unless we have a Caleb mindset, you will never see the new thing. As we begin in, the, in, in the, this month, and this is the last Sunday of this month, I pray God will baptize in this mindset of courage, mindset to war, mindset to stick to our ground and say, because he lives, I'm not going to see the virus. I'm not going to see people dying. And I'm not going to see people being buried in the wilderness. I'm not going to talk about what they talk. I want what God has promised for me. A new thing. This man was so exuberant, excited about the new thing. He saw things differently. Everybody take a look at this image. This is what the, the, the tent said. We are grasshoppers. We are nithili. And this is a shark. Surah. I don't know. I must learn all the other South Indian languages. This is a big whale. This is a shark. And we are, we are just, you know, evening four o'clock snack for them. But you know what, what, what Caleb said? Look at Caleb's mindset. The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly great. Fantastic. If the Lord is pleased with us, he gave a, he gave a pre, prerequisite and, and he put a prerequisite here itself. If the Lord is pleased with us, if the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead. Forget about me. Forget about me being a six-footer versus 12 or 18-footer. Forget about that. I'm not looking at their physical size. I'm not looking at, at the way they are looking. I'm looking at differently. He will lead us into the land. He will lead. That means he's the leader. He's the boss. The Lord will lead because he lives. I'll hold his hand and he will lead me. He will lead me to the land flowing with milk and honey and will give it to us. Only do not rebel. This is what happened in the garden. This is what happened in the wilderness. This is what happened in the, in, among, among almost 40 kings of Israel. We lose the promise. Every time you speak against what God is doing in your life, we lose it. 
We got to bury that new thing in the wilderness. It will never germinate again. Do not rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid. I'm going to come. The people of the land, of the people of the land, do not be afraid of the people of because we will, uh-huh. <laughs> Caleb said, this is me. These are the giants. This is me. It depends on how you see. We will swallow them up. How many? 18 footer? 24? 36? Number game does not matter to God. By the way, the books, the name of the book was Numbers. No matter how many numbers you put, one man, one man out of six lakh men had a different tongue, had a different vision, had a different mindset. What about you and me? One man. It's wilderness. He was from the tribe of Judah. All the people of Judah, we as a church, we are the tribe of Judah. We are the praisers. We are the worshipers. We are washed by the blood of the lamb. It's not the, the, the people of praise must be people of war. Then only you know how to touch the promise. The process of the prophecy involves war. Spiritual warfare. You have to have a mind of a warrior. The Lord is a warrior. Just because he's a warrior, you cannot have a kulfi in Himalayas. You got to know how to take the sword of the spirit and march on. Caleb, this is me. One man. I will swallow them up. Hold on, the story is not over. Look at the way he's encouraging his brothers. We will swallow them up. Their protection is gone. But the Lord is with us. I already saw that in the eyes of faith. As we were exploring, you were going on trying to take pictures and message them about their size and about their, their eating habits and about the land, about all. I saw the Lord working. I saw it by faith. I knew their protection is gone. Look at the tongue of this man. Do not be afraid. The Lord was listening to all the conversation. That's the beauty of it. It's not just the 10 versus the 2, but the Lord was in between as a witness listening to everything. And the Lord gives his, gives his verdict at the end in chapter 14. Because of my servant. But because my servant had a different spirit. Not the Kadesh spirit. Had a different mindset. That the spirit is mindset. Attitude. Mindset. And he follows me wholeheartedly. I led him. I told him to go for the new thing. I told him to go there to Eshkol. And from there straight up north. I told him to explore. And he kept following me. He was in rhythm with me. He knew what I was planning for generations to come. It's the same land that one day a baby will born, be born in Bethlehem. And he will be crucified outside Jerusalem. He will be the savior of the whole world. And from that land, I'm going to come one day. And come and touch. My feet will touch the mountain of olives and I will fulfill the glory of the commission given to me. Caleb follows me wholeheartedly. I like the last line, the last three lines there. I will. I will bring him. Who cares about the giants? Forget about all that you have seen. The Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, the, the, the giants there. I will. In union with him, in cooperation, I will. That's the beauty of the new thing. I will bring him. And because of his mindset, his descendants will inherit it. Legacy will pass on. What Caleb has aspired and followed me and had a mindset for new thing, 
their children, their children's children, their descendants will inherit Hebron. Aha, uh -huh. Hebron is no joke. Hebron is, was the choicest piece of property in that whole region. It's from the same place the clusters came. It's the same place the giants were there. We'll come to that. You got to see things through the eyes of faith. Through the eyes of faith. Through the eyes of faith. If you want a new thing, you need new vision. Today, many of them know Benny Prasad as a world record holder. Traveled to all the countries in the world. But in his early age, it's my grandma and my mother who took him to almost every prayer meeting. They said he was stubborn. He was not passing in his exams. Very frail, very thin, asthmatic. I don't know how many times I've taken him to the hospital for Deriflin injections, wheezing through the night. He couldn't pass his exams. If most of the parent-teachers meeting, he was, my mother was called upon. But my grandma, he was the first grandchild out of the 13. My grandma used to drag him to prayer meetings. There's something about this boy. There's something about this boy. My mother, I don't know how many prayer meetings. One point they said, he's got a demon inside. They prayed. He's too weak. You have to go for a one-week uh, uh, complaint. Then they said he has to fast one. What not? What not? But two women got to see this frail little boy with new vision. How are you seeing? If you see through the eyes of the flesh, we will, we will have the Kadesh mentality. We will die. No one, no one, no one expected. Some years ago, whole area was, was posters of some, some, I forget the name of that mission. They wanted to put all the famous people, sports star. My brothers was there on the road, big, big wall. Uh, we both were walking and he looked at me. Sonny, did you see this? I said, yes, I saw. Some shopkeeper said, you are the same fellow, you know, is there on the roadside, big poster. Yeah, 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 I'm wondering. Seeing all those posters, the school called up and said, can you speak to the students? What do you speak to the students? You failed almost all exams and you're called upon to talk about education. One day he calls me from one African country. He said, I'm on national news channel. What is, what are you trying? I'm encouraging the students. <laughs> I say, I was laughing. You are encouraging the students. National educational, some national TV on the educational department is speaking to the students and how not to give up. New vision. You, 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 we cannot know. Heaven is the limit of what, can, what God can do if our vision changes. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Before the word, I'm doing a new thing. In KJV, it is behold. In NIV, it is the word see. Uh-huh. That's what we spoke right now. See. And they saw in the flesh. But two people saw in the eyes of faith. I know God will do this for me. I know. I know my son. I know my daughter. I know what has given me. People can talk ill. People can, can, can applaud you to your death. Some people can backstab you and talk all kind of accusations and malign your name. Yet, yet, 
If you can see through the eyes of faith, we will see new things. Amen. I pray that we will be there. I pray that we will be a voice that's different. I pray that we will pray different. I pray that we will see and build differently. I pray the few years that we have on this planet, I pray that we will be known for those men and women who have a new vision. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Let me go to the next point here. I think I may have time only for this, I suppose. And let me hurry up on the last one. Let, me, let us take Caleb out now. Now, Caleb has gone straight to Joshua. We are, we are straight into the passage in, in Joshua chapter 14. We meditate on Numbers 14. Now we are in Joshua 14. This is what Caleb said. So Hebron belonged to Caleb, son of Zephunah. This is Hebron, right in the middle of the most prosperous region. I told you, this region is very prosperous, Philistines. And the giants, you know where the giants were. Giants were this region. In fact, Goliath was from Gath, the Philistine. And this is what Hebron says. Let's go, I mean, sorry, uh, Caleb says. Because he followed the Lord, the God wholeheartedly, Hebron used to be called Kiriath Arba, after Arba who was the greatest man among the Anakites. <laughs> Hebron means giant for our understanding, for our understanding. Caleb goes to Joshua and says, give me the giant. Now think with me. If you can kill the giant, you are the giant. Think with me again. Think with me again. Hebron is a place filled with giants of renown. Caleb goes to Joshua and says, give me Hebron. Hebron itself means the meaning, intrinsic meaning of Hebron means giant. Because it was named after Kiryat Arba. And so if you can kill the giants, you are the giant. At the end of the story, Caleb died as a giant. All the people thought they were grasshoppers. But this man was a, literally a giant in the faith. A giant literally because he took over the, mount, the whole mountain region of Hebron. Giant. Can you see? Can you see the end of the story? Wow. All of them died in the wilderness because of that Kadesh mentality, grasshopper mentality. But one man went through the process what God caused him to do. And he said, give me that Hebron. Give me the giant. I will wipe out and my inheritance will be there. My descendants will be there. My children will be there. Let them get to know God is with me. I've wholeheartedly followed the Lord and God made me a giant. Wow. This is amazing. Let's go into the story and see the conversation there. Joshua chapter 14. Couple of statistics. Now then, this is conversation of Caleb to Joshua. Now then, just as the Lord promised, nothing compares to the promise I have. We sang that song. He kept me alive for 45 years. 
I believed in that new thing for 45 years. It was etched in my mind, drenched in my spirit. It was my breath. I began to dream about it for 45 years. I knew, I knew because he lives. I knew I'm going to face this tomorrow and the tomorrow has come for me. 45 years since the time has, has gone by. So here I am today, 85, yes. Uh -huh. He did not say, give me a small house, put me an old age home, just pay my monthly dues and maintenance fee. Let me live. No, 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 no. God said, I'm doing a new thing. I don't want to sleep the sleep of death till my eyes see the new thing. I am still strong today as the day I was set out. When was that? 40 years ago. I have not forgotten it. I am possessing the new thing. I am possessing. And look at the conversation again. I am just as vigorous to go out. I'm ready for battle. If new thing requires battle, I know it does. I'm going for battle. Those who are willing to wear the shield of faith and hold the sword of the spirit, put on the belt of truth and the helmet of salvation, be swift with the gospel of peace and go in the name of the Lord of the ones who will possess the new thing. Whatever God is doing in your life is not a piece. It's not a muse for a poetry. It's, it's, it's not a subject for research. God wants us to lead us straight into that promise for fulfillment. Let us not have a death of regret. I wish I prayed. I wish I saw. I wish I took a step of faith. I wish I evangelized. I wish I gave to God. I wish one of my child, my mother's desire was all of us would go into the ministry. All of us didn't go. One woman would take a bus from Martali to, to MG Road every day for some, some 30 plus years. And pray for all of us. Not that we were shining and bright. No, 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 no. We were just average. Sometimes below average. But our desire was. All of us. Now, not only us, but our spouses. Are serving the Lord by His grace. No pride here. No blowing of the trumpet. It's the grace of God. But I'm thinking about one woman. I'm, I'm, I'm still, Caleb says, I'm still ready for the battle. I'm ready for the battle. The new thing involves a battle. I want to go out. Now give me this hill country that the Lord, ah, this is, this is where we, we, we got to take a little time. The Lord promised me that day. I was going through, this is my imagination between the lines. I was going through 40 days. And when I came to Hebron, something happened in my spirit. I saw the giants. I saw the valley. I saw the produce. I saw everything. But God told me, I will give this to you. This is the prized possession. This is where people are scared. They've got fortresses. They've got mountain. But that day, 45 years ago, God said, I'm going to do a new thing. And I knew, I knew that's going to be with me. I want that mountain. And for that mountain, it takes, it takes stamina, it takes perseverance, it takes guts, it takes sword, it takes being vigor and gallant, it takes the sword. I'm going, I'm going. I pray that all of us will rise in that faith. 
to say, whatever, Lord, you've written about me, whatever you cost me to do in my city, in my state, in my family, in my workplace, I'm willing to do. You can talk a lot you want about, about everything that comes from 700 news channels in India. Probably 900, I don't know. They can keep telling every news and scare you, put every kind of mindset in us, threaten us, shut things down, and we can keep seeing giants after giants after giants, but we will forget the promise of the Lord. He said something about the promise. I'm not going to give up. Even if it takes that process to touch the promise, I'm ready. You yourself heard that Anakites were there. Cities are large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I, ha, ha, I will drive them out. At 85, knees are knocking, gray head. He said, no, no, no. I'm speaking from a different attitude. My spirit is different. I've still got that, that rush of blood, the zeal of the Lord in me. God is with me. He is not finished with me. I'm not going to call it retirement. I am going to go. I will drive. Get ready for warfare. Christian life is a life of warfare. There is no way you can sit on the top of a fence and keep deciding this way or that way. No, you got to decide. That you are the soldier in the army of the Lord. And the soldier is not having his boots hung up. You are there up going. Going. It is about, in a sense, it's about possessing your promise. I will drive them out. Joshua blessed Caleb. And gave Hebron the choice peace as his inheritance. Hebron belonged to the Lord for one testimony. Not that he was powerful. Not that he had a big battalion of army. Not that he commanded who probably was a centurion or, or, or a leader for the thousand or ten thousand. No. Because, look at that one line. Because of his attitude. Attitude. Spirit. Spirit. Fully. Wholeheartedly. You tell Lord, I'm willing to give up. That's what the giants were known for. I've been in this ministry for, for some two plus decades. If you ask me, Pastor Sunny, what, what, what is the big deal about people in the ministry? I would say, God has always used those who are willing to fully give up on their agenda and bow down to him and say, Lord, take it. I surrender. I'm yours, Lord. Where you lead me, I will follow. God would say, Abraham, leave your father's house and everything and go to the land. I'm going. At one point, the angel of the Lord comes to Jacob and says, leave this place, Padan Aram. You've got too much of property. Leave everything because I've got an assignment for you at Bethel. You would go. You'd leave the wilderness and God would tell you to fight the giant and you would go. You would go. Jesus left the glories of heaven, became nothing. And Jesus would go. God sent his son as a missionary martyr. Paul had an encounter at Damascus. A strike of a lightning. Life has changed. And the Lord said, go to the gentiles. He's willing to go. Follow the law. That you are a slave. He's the Lord. The moment you call him Lord, we assume the position of a bond slave. I follow him. I follow his footsteps. What do you mean my man after God's own heart? It means whatever my heart dictates, he is willing to take that dictation. 
willing to take every message from me and implement it, execute it, rejoice and delight over decrees, over laws, over commands, over precepts. You see, those are the words used for God's word in Psalm 119. I wish the book of Psalm begins with, blessed is the man who composes songs. Blessed is the man who sings lot. Blessed is the man who plays the music skillfully. But no, Psalm 1, the opening song from the psalmist is, his delight is in the law of the Lord. Wow. When you delight in his law, your destination is the land flowing with milk and honey. And that's what he did. May God give us the grace. We are against a spiritual mafia. This is not my slide. I pulled it out. We wrestle not. Like Caleb, we wrestle. But we don't wrestle with human beings. We wrestle with persons without bodies. That's the definition of spirit. Evil spirits. Satanic spirits. They are persons without bodies. That's what we wrestle. It's a huge spiritual mafia. They're coming to steal and kill and destroy. John chapter 10, verse 10. Your marriage, your children, your possession. Jesus said, I have come to fulfill what is written about me. Can I tell you, over everybody today, something is written about you. And the enemy wants to wipe that out. Anybody wants to wipe that legacy, that divine writing over your life, you've got to fight for it. We are up against rulers, powers, forces of evil. We're up against it. That's why we pray. That's why you listen to a message. That's why there's missions prayer. That's why you get up early in the morning, go to a place, solitude, because your prayer, I tell you this, I wish I had more time on this, but prayer engages angels in the invisible world. Your prayer is the fuel in spiritual warfare. Your prayer opens up the realm of the spirit. Your prayer causes mighty throng and battalion of angels to engage in warfare. Your prayer will pull down the giants in the realm of the spirit. We need that. The word of God. Every Christian piece of armor that we have. Spiritual armor of God that we have. Engages with giants in the realm of the invisible world. The spirit realm. That's why we need to pray. That's why we need a Caleb attitude. We may not see the new thing in a while. We may not see it immediately. But that which is required of us is a mindset to sustain and persevere in prayer. To dislodge persons without bodies, their spirits. We are against cosmic powers. They dictate stuff. They imprint, they take over regions. They take over the region of gathering. They, they act the people's mindset captive. Literally, those people even said, Jesus, please go away. Let me, let me skip this and slowly bring one point as we pray. If you want a new thing, you need a new sling. You need to know the weapons of warfare. Now, this is Kadesh Barnia. 11 days to go here. Something happened at Kadesh Barnia that the Lord did something very, very, very disheartening because of the people's attitude. 
when they told the whole story about the trip, this is what the people said. The only thing is that the people there are fierce and then there are giants. We cannot take him. Whatever God wanted to tell, let him tell. I know it might be 600 years, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, all those things, but the people said, no, 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 no. We cannot. They are fierce and, and, and they, are, they are huge and they've got, they've got their own civilization. Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, Amorites again, hill country people. They, they occupy that defense zone. They're in the defense colony. We cannot get it. Caleb used two words there. One word, silenced. Be quiet. Zip your mouth. Enough of all the negative talk. Negative garbage. Their protection is gone. The Lord is with us. We've discussed this. Now after that whole thing over. The Lord said to Moses. I listened to the conversation of two teams. One is with the Kadesh spirit. Other was with the Caleb spirit. And the Lord gave his verdict. How long must I put up with this wicked community and complaints? Complaints. Grumbling, murmuring and complaining. I call it MCG, M-C-N-G, murmuring, complaining, grumbling. How do you use your tongue on a daily basis? How do you use your tongue? What are you meditating? The majority of the people in the wilderness meditated on the gospel according to the Anakites, the gospel according to the giants. Not the God of Abraham, but the God of the giants. They kept talking, they kept talking. And they begin to interpret that to their circumstance and say, we cannot make it. Complaining, complaining, complaining. If you want to kill the promise of God, begin to complain. Ah, my marriage. Ah, what's the Lord trying to do? Are you our church? Are you the kind of people that I'm working with? Are you the city of Bangalore? Are you the government? You keep complaining, complaining, complaining on the promises of God, what God is doing in your life. Very quickly, you can bury the prophecy. Many of us abort the promise and kill the prophecy because of our tongue. That's what happened. Look at what, what God did. Now I will tell you this. As surely as I live, because he lives, I live, declares the Lord. I will do to you the very things I heard you say. You will drop dead in the wilderness. Around 2 million people. You will drop dead in the wilderness. Because you complained against me. I cannot take you. You had lack of faith. There was no way you trusted me. I was working with you all for 600 years. And the last two years I've been gently leading you. Providing manna. Providing the quail. Taking care of your supplies every day. From all the diapers to diarrhea to tissue rolls. I've taken care of you. And you're trying to say, I cannot lead. You've seen that for 700 days. You complain. So every one of you who's 20 years and old, 20 years and old are fit for warfare. God said, no. I don't want you. None of you will enter the new thing, the new land. None of you. 
which I, which I swore to you, none of you, except Caleb and Joshua, except two of them, none of you. None of you who have the potential to go and war. Mind you, why 20 years and above? 20 years and above were enlisted to war. They had to carry the warrior spirit, the battle spirit. They said, no, we will not go. God said, forget it. Forget it. You're not going to go. And what happened there? This is shocking. You will be in Kadesh Barnia for 40 years. I'll come to that verse. I'm hurrying up. So Caleb saw, technically Caleb saw so many dead bodies. <laughs> Six lakh, 1,728 dead bodies of men 20 and above lying decomposed in the wilderness. Yet he said, I believe the God of a new thing. The virus came, the, the, the virus of Kadesh came and devoured and swallowed all of them. But Caleb saw all of them die. That's why Caleb's spirit is a very strong spirit, courageous spirit. He would see his friends die. Bunches of, right after this, uh, uh, Numbers 14, there was a plague from God that just, just kind of swallowed people up. In spite of all the, the, the atrocities, the complaining, the murmuring, the, the, the threat to stone him, and death after death, the smell of death, the stench of death, Caleb said, no! I will speak differently. My God is with me. My God is with me. Let's come slowly to this portion. From Kadesh Barnia, this is the place they got stuck up for. You know how many years? 38 years. 38 years. Right in this place because of their mindset. 38 years. Two years they traveled from Egypt and they came straight to, to Kadesh Barnia. And now from here, from here two years to Kadesh Barnia. And from there, they went out. 38 years because of their complaining. Can you think of another 38 in the New Testament? There was this man, 38 years crippled, cannot move an inch. The Lord came and pulled him out. 38 years, you could not move. They could not move. And why did the Lord cause them to be there for 38 years? Why 38 years? Because he wanted to wipe out all the men 20 years and above because they were acting in the flesh. And the Lord said, I want a generation who can move in the spirit. And I found two of them, Joshua and Caleb. Just two are enough. Just two are enough. I will take the new generation. The children I will take. Let them grow in the mindset of the Holy Ghost. Let them grow in the mindset of obedience. Let them grow in the mindset of Caleb and Joshua. Let them believe that what I promised a new thing for them will come to pass. He waited 38 years so that a whole generation will die. Why? Because they were not willing to war. My dear Christian friend, Church of the Living God, the way to possess the promise is to learn warfare. Is to learn to demolish mindsets. That's why 
Paul said the weapons of our warfare are not of this world. They are mighty through God in pulling down strongholds. You are the child of God. You are the priest in the family. Your prayer will change. A, 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 a mustard seed of faith will move mountains. We believe in signs, wonders and miracles. Do you believe? Uh -huh. I've heard this for many years. That's the mindset of Kadesh. I've seen a lot of meetings. I've seen a lot of preachers. I've seen. So what if you have seen? Have you seen the hand of the Lord? Have you seen the move of God? 38 years. Moses continued. Then the Lord told us to cross to Zereth Brook. So 38 years passed by for the time we first arrived at Kadesh Barnia. My goodness. And finally we crossed over. 38 years stuck up in Kadesh. Why? Because of the mindset. Let me close this. In order to get a new thing, to receive new thing, we need a new tongue. And of lying, hating, backbiting, slander, negativity, reciting verses from the gospel of Anakites, giants. May God give us the grace this morning. Close your eyes, everybody. Let not 2022 become Kadesh Barnia for any of us. Let it not be so. We begin to pray and lift your hands and say, God, give me the eyes of faith. Give me a new sling. Give me new vision. Give me a new tongue that I will not douse the fire of your word and of your promise in our life, in our church's life, Lord, in my own life, that I will have the mindset of Caleb to war against the spiritual forces of evil and to take up the sword of the spirit and to see that I will step into the new thing that you promised. Everybody begin to pray. Pastor Praying, would you lead us?